Hi, and welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach and a mom to four teenagers. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens, yet keep firm boundaries? Would you love to get your kids to listen without yelling and feeling frustrated first? Here in this podcast, you will find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. So glad you're here. It's the day after Halloween. I hope you all had a great Halloween. It was a little different. I mean, it has been a little bit different for the last couple of years because my youngest is in junior high, and so there's not the same level of craziness that it was when they were all in elementary school with the class parties and the costumes and then the neighborhood trunk or treats, like all of the things that you have to be at everywhere. It was a little more quiet and I kind of like it that way. I did enjoy having my kids home. I think maybe because they had parties over the weekend that they got to go to. Monday night they had a few friends over and they just hung out with us at home, which was really nice. So I wanted to talk today, though, about gentle parenting. Have you heard this term, gentle parenting? It's new to me. I've just heard it around in some of the parenting circles that I am in. And I don't know if it's necessarily controversial. There's a lot of strong opinions about it either way. I don't necessarily know a ton about gentle parenting. I know there are some things that I align with as far as, yes, that makes sense. That goes along with what I teach, which is more positive discipline. But that was what I learned years ago from this class that I went to that I've talked about before, where the person leading this class was talking about positive discipline. So it was different than love and logic. Love and logic and maybe you've tried love and logic, maybe you love it, it never felt, I never felt aligned with it. It wasn't part of my personality. I think your parenting style needs to align with your personality and your natural tendencies, which is why I love learning about the two extremes. Like you've got your authoritarian parent and then you've got your passive kind of lenient parent on either side. And so in the middle, I think, is where we land. And we might be on the more authoritarian side where we like the structure and more rigidity, and that's totally fine. And then when you learn the positive discipline techniques of like how to really talk to your kids. So on the authoritarian side, if you're all the way over there, there is no, there is no allowance for your child to have their own opinion and there's no questioning about how they feel. It's just like, this is how it is, and this is what you have to do, end of story, because I said so. That's what that extreme end looks like. And on that other extreme end is the more passive parent. And I've said before, that's where I tend to go to because I like to keep the peace. I don't like conflict. And so, For me, if I am not in a healthy place, 
that might look like the freeze of, I don't know what to do. Okay, fine, you can do it. And then I'm not consistent. So I think either extremes will cause problems, but your tendency might take you to one extreme or the other, if that makes sense. So I really like this positive discipline approach. I really like the communication approach, talking to your kids so that they will listen, listening so that they will talk. I think that's so important and that's key to establishing respect in a relationship. Because if you think about it, as the parent, you know, you want to establish dominance, you want to be in control, and you want to be respected. All sounds amazing until when your kids are teenagers and they want to start becoming their own person with their own opinions and likes and dislikes. Totally natural and part of our human development. It's how we were created. And that can be uncomfortable for us. And when we start pushing back on that and not allowing them to become their own person, then we aren't allowing them to have their agency. And that can feel disrespectful. So back to what I was saying, where we want to establish this dominance and we want our kids to respect us, where it starts to cause a problem is when in this natural dynamic, our children are supposed to become an independent adult. We are going to want to have good relationships with them. We are going to want to talk to them and be a friend almost. Not always that parent-child dynamic. Like when we're both adults and my kids are adults, I don't want to be this disciplinarian that's judging them and really worried about them and not able to connect with them. That is a recipe for your kids not wanting to be around you as much. And so I just want you to think about that as you are parenting your kids and your teenagers. We are in it for the long game. We want that good relationship with them, even when they're adults. We want them to be able to come to us with the things that they need for support. We're there for support. We're not there to judge them or to tell them what to do once they are an adult. We want to raise kids who are free to be themselves, free to be who they are. So how can we do that? That's what this podcast is all about. And I'm just going to take one little piece of how we can do that because it's impossible to put that all in one episode. And for sure, it's impossible to apply it all at the same time. Parenting is supposed to be hard. I don't feel like there is a place where you get to where it's easy because things always change. And just when you think you've figured it out, your kids get older, they move to a different grade, they start driving, they start dating, they switch friends. Things are always changing. And so I don't say this to be super negative and talk about how hard parenting is. I say that in the way of accepting that this is a hard job, but it's also amazing and there is so much joy to be had in our kids, in enjoying our kids. And when you can let go of the pressure and the the need to control everything that they do because you're so fearful of how they're going to turn out and you can just see them as as people who are growing and figuring things out and they're on their own journey. I was at lunch with a friend last week and we were talking about 
different things going on with our kids. And one of the things that she said was that she believes God's in her story. And we were talking about other kids who have, you know, they, they believe differently. And she said, I believe that God's in their story too. And I loved that thought and that idea of holding space for your belief that God is in your story and God is in your children's story. Wherever they are, whatever they are doing, he's in their story too. He loves them too. And you can believe that and you can hold on to that and not feel like you are responsible for all of their decisions for for better or for worse. That feels like a lot of pressure and anxiety, and that's going to keep you from connecting to them. That connection is what's going to keep you tethered to have more influence on them. So I think about, there's two ways to think about it. I like to vision a rope, and as our kids get older, we let go of the rope a little bit. We give them more slack. We give them more room to make mistakes and to learn, but yet we still hold on to that rope. We just can't control whether they hold on to the other side, right? The older that they get, they might let go. But as long as we're holding on to that rope, and that rope's like that belief that God's got them, that he is in their story, he knows them, and he is cheering them on and helping them, but also knowing that they need to experience what they're experiencing so that they can learn and grow. We have agency and Agency is a gift. So we need to hold on to that rope, that belief. And as long as we do that, then we can believe that everything will be okay. When we feel better, we're not riddled with anxiety and this feeling of responsibility. I promise you the drama in your head that's telling you everything you're doing wrong, everything your child is doing wrong, that will settle down And kind of like, I don't know why I'm kind of a visual person, kind of like a mist or like a fog, it will just disappear. And then all of a sudden your mind is free to think new thoughts that come up with new ideas, new questions, new ways to connect that will help your child pick that rope back up so that they can be influenced by you. How beautiful is that thought where your child has the choice to let go of the rope, experience life on their own, but knowing they can come back, you've still got that rope and it's still there for them to pick up. What does that look like for you as you parent your teenagers in that way? It's going to look different for for all of us. There's not a prescription for that. There's not a do this and don't do that. There's different ways, of course, you can talk and say things that will help you connect, but ultimately it's more focused on you as the parent, controlling your emotional health, taking care of you so that you can be okay even when your teenager is not. And it's impossible to do all of the things perfectly all of the time. And so be patient with yourself. But in this episode, I want to give you just a simple tool that you can use today. Something really small and easy that will help you connect to your child today. And that 
is just noticing them. This idea of active noticing. So you're going to see what they're doing. And our brains are so useful sometimes, but sometimes they're useful in the wrong way. Our brains are really good at seeing what's wrong because it wants to fix things. And we need to retrain our brain to instead of seeing what's wrong, let's see what's going right. Let's see what's working. And we're going to actively notice, and you can do this with each one of your kids every single day, just set a Set a reminder for yourself, you know, when you see your child after school or when you know they're going to be home, that you can just think about how you can show them that you notice them, you see them. Doing this is not a guarantee you're going to get a response from them or a thank you or appreciation at all. We're not doing this so that our child will react a certain way or respond a certain way. This is just about us noticing them. Whether your teen notices that you are doing this or not is completely irrelevant. This is just, we're just practicing, but I promise you that they do notice. They do notice. Sometimes they just don't want to show us, right, that they, that they care or appreciate us. There's just something in that teenage brain that just feels like that's not allowed for them to do. So this idea of active recognition, I've talked about snapshot parenting where we have this idea of our perfect child, like if we ask them to clean their room, the snapshot child, that perfect child would just go, oh, okay, mom, and clean it and do exactly what they do exactly what we say and always want to pose nicely for a picture and just do all of the things that we want them to do. I call that snapshot parenting. Now, this is another way to think about it in a way that is useful called Kodak moments. So recognize these Kodak moments. They might be very short-lived, like one second long. It's almost like seeing, looking for that snapshot child, like not expecting it because when we expect it and don't get it, that's a problem. But there are these Kodak moments where you can see them and maybe it's just a second long, but you see them and they're doing something that you want to recognize them for. So for me this morning, this was my daughter who was taking her bowl of cereal from the table to the sink. And this particular daughter, never I shouldn't say never, it's not never, most of the time she forgets. And after I take her to school, I'm putting her bowl in the sink. And... I remind her and tell her a lot, but this this morning I saw her putting her bowl in the sink and, and I said, hey, look at you putting that bowl in the sink. Thanks for remembering. And that's all that was said. So it's just noticing when your children are doing the things that you want them to do. And sometimes you might think, well, they aren't doing anything that I want them to do. I don't know how I could possibly notice anything. So as you're starting out, maybe it's, hey, look at you, really focused on that video game. What do you love about it so much? Instead of, okay, you've been playing that video game for an hour and I've told you to get off and you need to get off, right? And it feels very contentious. You're actively noticing them and engaging with them. And then you can say, 
it will be time to do your homework, so you have five more minutes, and then it's going to be turned off, right? It's a sentence. It's a statement. It's not, I need you to turn it off or turn it off, please. It's not a request. It's your game will be turned off. But you have started with that connection. Like, I love how focused you are at this game or look at how good you are at playing this game. Or if you know nothing about this game, or maybe it's one of those violent games like Halo and it's like zombies. Oh my gosh. I get it. It would be hard to connect with those games. But if it was me, and I have all girls, and actually my oldest does like to play Halo, and she's gone in spurts where she'll play, but if it was me and I needed to connect and wanted to connect with my child and they're playing a game that I just don't love, I would just ask them what they love about this game. And then I would be honest, and not in a judgmental way at all, but just be like, wow, I, it's so interesting to me how you can play this game. I would feel so uncomfortable playing. So that's fascinating to me that you love to play this game. So it can look different for every family with every child. And I'm only giving you these examples so that you can see there's always something that you can find to show your child that you are seeing them, that you are actively looking for ways that you can acknowledge them. Like, hey, thanks for putting the milk away, even if it's something they do all of the time. Acknowledge that you see the things that they are doing, even if they are simple, even if you think, well, of course they should do that. They're part of our family and that's just what you do. Maybe, but what is the harm in noticing that they are being really helpful, especially when they are being really helpful? Hey, thanks for being home on time tonight. Another thing that I hear is, why would you thank your teenager for being home at night if that's just their curfew? That's just the rule. Why are you thanking them? And, and funny enough, this is something my kids will respond with. If I do say thank you, they're like, well, it's not like I had a choice. And they might say that. They might give you a snarky comment back. And that doesn't bother me at all. I still want them to know that I appreciate them listening and doing what I asked them to do. Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Just notice your child and... Show them in one or two sentences what you appreciate about them, what you noticed that you appreciate about them. I shared a funny reel on my Instagram yesterday. I mean, it cracked me up, and it was about the gentle parenting. And gentle parenting does get a bad rap. And I think when it's used incorrectly, then some of these reasons are probably founded because it can make you kind of at the mercy of your child, right? Like you're so worried about your child's feelings hurt that you're like walking on eggshells. That's not what gentle parenting is. That's why, and I don't really like the term gentle parenting again, because I don't know a lot about it. But just the positive parenting, we're looking for the positive, we're acknowledging the positive. We're still able to discipline, but most of the time, especially the older our teens get, the consequences of their behavior can match 
what they do. So instead of their punishment being about you and, you know, if they're home late from curfew and they kept you up at night, I, I coach a wonderful mom and we talk about this and it's fun because I can relate to this where a couple of years ago I was really struggling with my daughter coming home on time. I had my oldest who is very uh, obedient to this exact time. And she would always come home and she had a little bit of fear, I'm sure, if she was late of what would happen. And then I had another daughter who was just like, I don't really understand why I have to be home on the dot because what's the big deal if it's like five or 10 minutes after? And at first I'm like, why are you even asking me that? Like, that's not even a conversation I want to have of, you know, because I said so right? That's what I wanted to say. But I really had to think about it. And I'm like, the big deal is because I like you home and I don't want to worry about you on the road. And I want to go to sleep. That's the honest truth. But our teenagers don't understand that. And they're like, well, if you want to go to sleep, then just go to sleep. They don't feel like they're the ones responsible for keeping us up because they feel like we could just go to sleep. Right, And so if we get upset because we're losing sleep, we're not addressing the actual issue, which is, you know, we make a request for a curfew and they're home late. So I could do a, probably another podcast episode to really talk about this because I didn't plan on bringing it up. But what I ended up doing was stepping back and allowing my daughter more leniency with when she got home. Because when I really dialed in to what was a big deal, and is it a big deal if she's five minutes late? It's a big deal to me because I felt disrespected and because it was my rule and I wanted to have that control. When I was able to really think about why I wanted that control why I felt disrespected, I could see that actually if she could just leave the location where she was and which wasn't very far away at her curfew time and then be home, you know, five, 10 minutes after, that would be okay. And that ended up working. She would be home. I decided to start setting an alarm so that I could go to sleep when I wanted to go to sleep. And then I'd be able to check to make sure she was home. And so it just created a lot less drama and contention in our home to do that. As you start allowing your teenager in to have these conversations where you're actively noticing them, you're asking them questions, you're including them in your decisions, you're listening to their reasoning, even if it sometimes doesn't make sense, you're listening and you're responding to it in a very respectful way to them. They will respect you and you will feel more connected to them, which is only going to help your relationship. It'll help your teenager want to make better choices. It will help them pick up that rope again so that you have that influence. That rope is not going to be pulled super tight so that they don't have any room to move. That rope is going to be a little bit loose. But the goal here is to raise adults who can 
go out onto the on their own into the world and make good decisions and know too that if they don't make a good decision, if they make a mistake, that it's okay. You've got them. God's got them. They're going to be okay. I'm going to end with a funny quote that I read today on Instagram from Grown and Flown. If you don't follow Grown and Flown, it's it's hilarious. And it's just a quote and it says, Soon as you say, my child would never, here they come, nevering like they never, nevered before. And I love that because it is so true. And if you just accept that this is where we're at, that this is what raising teens is all about. Find your people who you can commiserate with and celebrate with the good and talk about the bad but in a non-judgmental way, in a way that just allows for everyone to be human, to make mistakes, and to have fun as you parent teens, because parenting teens can feel hard, but also be some of the funnest years of your life. And I am seeing that right now in real time. If you'd like to set up a free Confident Parenting Call, I open four spots a week so that I can coach you for 30 minutes for free. These spots will be ending at the end of the year, and then I'm going to be charging for them. So I'm just gonna be charging for, you know, if you only want one call, then we can just have one call together together to get you on track to have a parenting plan, a parenting solution. I've got my women that I coach for 12 weeks, and we're doing great work there, and then I have the moms in my coaching group, Parenting in the Middle, which is fun. And I have more things in the works to share with you at the beginning of the year. I'm excited about that. So stay tuned. Share this podcast with another mom of teens who who just needs some encouragement to know that she's doing okay and that we're all in this together. With that said, have a wonderful week and we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.